You're listening to the Running with the Herd podcast, powered up by Herd Nation, a member of the Rivals Network. For the latest information, news, and stories on Marshall University athletics, check out the Running with the Herd podcast. sideline across midfield. Keaton gets a block. Here he goes. 30, 20, 10 to lead Keaton all the way. Touchdown, Thundering Herd. DeWeaver takes the snap, backs up inside the five, flushed out of the pocket. Hodge wraps him up and sacks him. Third sack of the day, third sack of the half for Darius Hodge. Fields the football, rolls left, throws deep downfield for Gaines. He makes the catch left sideline 15 and cuts right. Xavier Gaines across the 10, angles over the five. He's fighting for the goal line. He dives into the end zone. Touchdown, Herd, and Marshall takes the lead. The give to Knox. Goes right, has the first down, breaks the tackle. Over the 10 and 5, Brendan Knox drags an owl over the goal line. He's in. Touchdown, Herd. Marshall takes the lead with 36 seconds to play. Brendan Knox on a 17-yard run, and what a run it was. Without further ado, the Running with the Herd podcast. Aaron Coleman here in the Running with the Herd podcast, Camp Edition. Uh, Marshall's uh, in uh, the middle of fall camp right now, kind of a truncated version of it. Uh, but things are looking good. Players are looking good. And I'm here talking to a couple of guys who have been to camp and uh, covered the team as they prepare for their 2020 season. Right now, we're going to speak with Josh Dower, staff writer for Herd Nation, and also one of the members of Herd Nation, Sean Hammond. Guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, same here. Awesome. And uh, the guys have been uh, working hard. Uh, like I said, a little bit of a different setup, a little bit of a different vibe, you know, going on, especially with COVID-19. Josh, I'm going to start with you. Um, just talk a little bit about, before we get into the schedule and camp itself, just talk a little bit about um, just the fundamental changes that have come because of COVID and, um, you know, covering camp and everything? Dude, it's been pretty wild, to be honest. Um, you know, everything is different. I mean, nothing is the same, it seems. I mean, outside of what's going on in the field. And even that, like, is different. Um, you know, there there are guidelines that players are dealing with. Um, you know, throughout practice, um, you know, they have stations, I guess is what you could call them, you know, set up around the field. And each player kind of has their own station, and and that's where they go to. Like if they you know, if they take their helmet off, they're supposed to place their helmet on the station. And uh, uh, like I said, it's just it's wild. Um, you know, they, they they're trying to keep you know distance best they can. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, um, yeah, sometimes you cannot do that. I mean, you know, it's football. You know, you right. just can't do it. I mean, especially you know when you're actually on the field and and when they're not on the field, you know, that's when, like I said, when I said that's when they're really trying to keep their distance is when they're not on the field. But uh, even at that rate, I mean, it's just, it's crazy to watch. I mean, it's different for us. You know, normally we're in the press box um, for now, you know, we've been, um, we've been staying outside of the press box, you know, basically in the chair backs. Um, so it's just, everything's new. I mean, it's, it's, like I said, it's wild. It's just like anything else with it. I mean, uh, it's just completely different from, from anything else I've ever experienced. Yeah. Sean, uh, talk a little bit about what the experience has been like for you. I mean, uh, obviously Josh hit on it, but 
I mean, it just makes the SID's job even that much more difficult, you know, when having to adhere to all these guidelines. But, you know, Jason's one of the best in the business, and I know that he takes care of you guys, making sure that you guys get all the access that you need and uh, make sure that you guys are appropriately distanced and everything. So talk a little bit about that from your end. Yeah, absolutely. That was one of the first things that I noticed when I was sitting there watching practices, those stations that the players had where they can go over there and set their helmet down. And it appeared that they were doing as, you know, the best that they could to wipe things off, wipe things down as much as they could during the press conference. They have a table uh, actually up there in the stands that they're wiping down uh, between each coach, between each player that comes up there, um, wiping the seats down, you know, uh, media members not having access to the press box. A little difficult setting out there in the hot sun, watching practice instead of the air conditioning. Uh, a little more difficult to take notes, uh, see things, you know, or if, as you're typing on a laptop, the glare from the sun. Uh, just those those types of things just just make it a lot more, uh, you know, difficult on everyone involved. But, you know, uh, I can't imagine what the coaches and the players are going through with all of the changes that they're having to deal with right now. Yeah, certainly. It's, it's a whole new world for uh, everyone. And uh, we're going to jump right into it, guys. I mean, obviously, um, there was some big news coming about today um, with the addition of uh, Appalachian State on the schedule on September 19th for the Thundering Herd. And it came together um, probably within the last 48 hours, from what I understand. And uh, Josh, we'll start with you. Um, how big of a measuring stick is this type of game for Marshall, especially given the recent success of App State since they joined the ranks of the FBS? I mean, I think it's huge. Um, you know, they've been really successful lately. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, they've won double-digit games, I think, the last two or three years in a row. And, I mean, honestly, they just keep rolling. It, it doesn't really seem matters who the coach is. Um, it's just their program's running at a really high level, it seems like, right now. Um, you know, for the game itself, uh, it it's interesting. I mean, you know, uh, you know likely we're going to open up um, on September 5th with an FCS team, it seems like. Um, you know, then we're going to go to um, ECU and then uh, come back, I think. Let's see. Hold on. Let me look at the schedule. Yeah, come back and then host App State. So I mean, that's that's a, a tough, you know, two game stretch early on, you know, simply because you know you're on the road in the second game and you know you come back and you host a, game, a team like that. And you know, we just have so many new new faces. I mean, obviously, you know, with the quarterback situation, and I mean, it trickles all the way down to the special teams. I mean, you just have so many new faces in key areas. Yeah, certainly. And uh, when you look at um, both of those opponents, uh, ECU and App State, both teams, of course, based in North Carolina, and we've got some uh, folks from the old line state on our roster, including uh, Darius Hodge, um, defensive lineman, who we'll get to talking about here in a second. But, uh, Sean, when you saw that um, App State was uh, added to the Marshall schedule, it kind of perked your interest a little bit, considering – um, you know, not only the history of those two teams when they were both in the SOCON, but also because of the recent success that App State's had over the last few years. Yeah, um, 
you know, the, the, the non-conference schedule just seemed like it was kind of just unraveling before our eyes over the last few weeks. And uh, the job, you know, by Mike Hamrick and the, the guys there in the athletic department to get such a quality opponent uh, on the schedule in such short notice, uh, you know, great, great job by those guys. And, you know, not only that, but it's a former, you know, Southern Conference rival that we have or have had. Um, and, you know, since, uh, you know, Josh spoke on their recent success that they've had there with the double digit wins, but, you know, that program, when they went into the big house back in 2007 and knocked off the Wolverines, you know, that they just seem to have a little bit more like a gravitas to their program. And, uh, to get a team like that on our schedule on such short notice is really good. Really good. Yeah, it certainly is. And, um, I remember Josh, you and, uh, I, along with, uh, Chris and Aaron Perkins were part of, uh, pre-camp podcast and uh, we talked a little bit about Boise State being that premier group of five program. I mean, you got to put App State in that same kind of category, not only because of what they did against Michigan back in 2007, but um, in the past year, uh, this past season, they defeated not only North Carolina, but South Carolina on the gridiron. And, you know, they've made some renovations to Kid Brewer Stadium. And, you know, they're trending upwards. So this is a very um, good opponent for Marshall uh, coming into the zone on the 19th, for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. I mean, that's, I'm trying to look up their their record here for the last couple of years real fast. Um, like I said, it's just, you know, and Sean yeah, hit the nail on the head. It's a really good job of Mike, um, you know, landing them. Um, you know, it's uh, – and I think you said it earlier, you know, it's it, – it's a really good uh, – it'd be a really good test for us. I mean, it's the third game. I do, you know, yeah. um, you know, obviously, you would like to defend your home field against a team like that because, you know, it kind of sets the tone for the rest of the season maybe. Um, and, you know, with the the fourth out-of-conference game kind of in question still, you know, depending on how it all plays out, you know, that, that might be the – the last game heading into the conference play. So, you know, obviously you want to, you want to always want to play that game strong and, and feel good about yourself going into conference play. Certainly. And uh, we're going to dive into camp right now. Um, one of the biggest questions going into fall camp, of course, was the quarterback situation. You got a couple of young guys, a couple of uh, young men from the mountain state and another young man from a nearby Greenup County who have been uh, working hard in practice and improving day by day. Um, Grant Wells, I mean, we talked a lot about him in um, the open of camp, and we talked a lot about his football IQ. We talked about the fact that he can move around a little bit. He's got a strong arm. Um, Sean, we'll uh, go with you here on this one to start off. Uh, what have your impressions been with Grant Wells um, as he's progressed through camp, and uh, how is how has he done, in your opinion? Um my first impressions for him were, you know, obviously you can just tell that he has the physical tools to play uh, at the level that he's at right now. You know, at Marshall on the FBS level here in Conference USA, uh, he's he's definitely uh, a starting caliber quarterback at that level. Um, I think right now uh, the only thing that really uh, he needs he just needs some experience and some time to develop and grow into the position. Uh, once he gets uh, acclimated a little bit more uh, with our offense and also with the speed of, you know, FBS football, um, I, 
I think we're going to have a really good quarterback on our hands here. Um, it's it's just going to take some time to get him uh, some experience, and we may have to take some lumps here early on. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Um, but I do know that, you know, you hear uh, people talk about his uh, football IQ a lot, and uh, that's that's definitely something that is very important at the quarterback position. And uh, I, I, we're just going to have to watch it develop here because with so many unknowns, you know, to have uh, not only – the whole team going through everything that they've been going through uh, here over the last uh, four or five months uh, to have a quarterback that is having to step into position, uh, get his first starts. Um, I, I think there's just a lot of unknowns right now. We're just going to have to sit back and watch it all play out. Yeah. And uh, Josh, um, you uh, had quoted on the uh, premium board that uh, Alex Mallette, one of the offensive linemen says, it's like, Hey, we're just Grant's offensive lineman. When he walks into the huddle, you know he's walked into the huddle. You know, when you talk about you know just the way that he conducts himself and just the way that he's he is out on the field. I mean, you know, just talk a little bit about um, Grant's maturity for the position and just like how he's kind of put some mistakes that he could have had in practice, whether it's a bad throw or an interception or what have you, and just move on to the next play. Um, for me, like, that's one of the things that stood out for, with Grant is that, you know, he doesn't get too high, he doesn't get too low. I mean, if he makes a great throw, he's not somebody that's going to, you know, get cocky about itself and, and, you know, possibly make a mistake on the following play, or if he makes a mistake, he's not someone that seems to get down on himself and, and let it snowball on him. Um, he just kind of keeps a level head about himself and, and it just learns as he goes. I mean, you know, that's, that's been what stood out to me is like I said, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, you could tell that he's passionate about the game of football. I mean, you know, he just, I mean, he's a kid. I mean, obviously if he, th if he throws a 40 yard touchdown, he's going to get jacked up. But, uh, you know, like I said, it's after that plays over, he moves on and he's ready to go again. Um, as far as the way the players react to him, um, even last year, I mean, even, you know, a few practices into the season, I had a coach tell me that it didn't take very long for the, the defensive guys to have respect for him just because of the way that he approaches practice, the way that he approaches workouts, uh, the things that he does off the field in meeting rooms. I mean, the whole nine yards with him, I think, is uh, has been really good. Um, you know, the <sighs> – Sean kind of talked about it. I mean, you know, watching him on the field, um, he throws a good ball. I mean, he, <laughs> he's he got plenty of arm strength. Uh, obviously, the physical tools are there. And honestly, the physical tools are all uh, there with, with all three of the guys. It wouldn't matter if it's Grant, you know, Luke, Zaban, or, or Eli Sammons. You know, all three of those guys have raw skill. I mean, you know, they can all – they all have a pretty strong arm. They can all move well. Um, even for Elot, it's six six. I mean, mm -hmm. he's a huge kid, and he still moves pretty well for being that big. Um, he's not robotic at all in, in his movements, uh, which you know, the last guy was here that was about that size. He was pretty robotic in the way that he moved, but uh, Eli's definitely not like that. Um, but uh, you know, back to Grant. You know, I think, like I said, that's that's the biggest thing that stuck out to me is just the the kid keeps a level head. I mean, like you know, there's, I mean. Don't get me wrong, you know, obviously, like Sean said, there's 
you can expect some growing pains. I mean, that's just, that is what it is. I mean, there aren't too many kids, you know, come in and play, start from day one, well, essentially day one, and are mistake-free. That's just, you know, that's just human nature to make mistakes. But um, like Sean said, too, I mean, I think over the course of the next four years, potentially, we could have a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, that's something that a lot of uh, fans of the herd have been looking for. I mean, especially um, when you're talking about the uh, quarterbacks of the last two or several seasons, I should say. I mean, they kind of ran hot and cold, not only with their play, but also with their, you know, emotions and mental makeup as well. So it's it's nice and comforting to have a guy with a level head, where regardless if he throws a 40-yard touchdown pass or he throws an interception, you know, when you have a guy that has that same feeling and that same calmness about himself, whether he does one of those things or the other, it's, it's a good thing to have. Um, moving along now to the uh, specialist, um, the kicking game was solid last year. I mean, obviously, uh, Justin Rohrwasser was a fifth-round draft choice of the New England Patriots, probably the preeminent NFL team of the 2000s. And um, you're not only replacing him, but you're also replacing uh, long snapper Matt Beardall as well as holder Jackson White. So you're replacing that whole battery right there. And you guys saw it just as well as I did. Those guys were a tight group, not only on the field, but off the field as well. And, uh, you know, you have a couple of young men vying for that kicking job. Uh, the Fresno State transfer, Shane uh, Succi, um, he's been uh, kicking well in camp from what I understand. Um, just talk to me a little bit about the specialist and uh, what's been going on with that group. We'll start with you, Josh. To be honest, um, the other day was really, I mean, one of the first time I've got to see him kick as a whole. Um, you know, practice usually starts a little bit earlier than I can get there. Sometimes I'm a few minutes late. Um, but uh, Saturday, you know, for the scrimmage, I saw each of the guys kick. And uh, uh, Shane kicked the ball well. Um, you know, like I said in the report, um, he elevates the ball pretty quickly. Um, so the idea that um, – anyone's going to get very many blocks on that guy is, you know, especially, you know, at reasonable distance, you know, normal distance, I should say, you know, 25, 30 yards in. I mean, it's going to be really hard for a team to get a block on him just because, like I said, he elevates the ball so quickly. Um, it Distance-wise with him, um, and like I said in the report then too, I, I think you can look at him maybe as like a left-footed Justin Haig. Like, don't get me wrong, yeah. Justin, Justin Haig was – you know, a great kicker for us, honestly. And, yep. uh, if, you know, if we can kind of get that same production out of Shane, that'd be great. Um, the other two guys, you know, Robert Lefevre, I mean, he's, you know, they're starting punter. Um, he kicked a little bit. And then Cameron Shirky, the freshman, kicked a little bit as well. Um, for me, I think Shane's probably got the edge there just because, you know, he's a little bit more developed in the system. Um, you know, the other two guys, I mean, you know, Robert's obviously been here a long time, but, you know, it's been outside of, you know, like Vedvik or somebody like that. It's kind of been our, our situation where we have a kicker, we have a punter, we have a kickoff specialist, and so on and so forth. Um, uh, I would say, I, I imagine, you know, Lefebvre will, you know, obviously punt again this year. Um, and it, if I had to say who the kicker was at this point, I would simply say Shane. It just because of, of what I've, what little bit I've seen him kick, 
or all of them kick. I, mean, I would give the edge to him. Gotcha. And uh, Sean, I mean, you know, obviously um, games were won and lost in 2019 on the foot of Justin Rohrwasser. And it, it pays to have a reliable kicker, especially from 45 yards and in. Yes, 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 absolutely. And I agree with, with, with what Josh said there. I think Shane uh, Suchi is probably uh, the leader right now at uh, uh, at the kicker position. Um you know, and losing Rohrosser when we did, uh, I think is it's going to hurt because we have a young quarterback right now. Um, to where last year, you know, we if, if our offense stalls out shortly after we cross the fifty, we can throw Rohrosser out there. I can't say his name properly. Um, we could have thrown him out there, and he's going to knock. You know, uh, give us three points with a fifty-yard field goal. Uh, to where right now, I'm not sure if that's Shane's game. Uh, I think if, if our offense can cross the 30 and we can get there, I think Shane's pretty automatic inside, uh, you know, once once our offense crosses the 30. But in that 30 to 40-yard range, uh, if our offense stalls out through there, it's not going to be an automatic three points anymore. Um, so, you know, we got we got that to worry about. But uh, as far as punter, you know, Robert Lefevre, he's back, and he, he'll, be, he'll be fine there. Um one aspect that we may be able to add to that, though, uh, is uh, our quarterback now has a heck of a leg. Uh, so we may be able to run some stuff or do a few things here and there to where uh, we may give teams some looks, maybe on fourth down to where it looks like we're going to go for it. And if the team, you know, if they give us a look that we don't like, then Wells can just punt it and, uh, you know, be be no loss there. But if, uh, you know, team throws their uh, punt coverage unit out there and uh, – we like the look and we, we can run a play on fourth down. So that may be something else that we uh, can, you know, throw some wrinkles out there on special teams this year to give us, uh, you know, a little bit of it, a little bit of an edge there where we may have, you know, lost some guys, uh, you know, from last year. Right. And uh, with Grant's punting background, you know, that definitely comes into play. So, I mean, when you're talking about um, somebody that he could either quick kick it or run a play, like you said, on fourth and medium, you know, it's, it's not out of the question, especially in a, a tight ball game or a game where you're looking at, you know, possibly, you know, trying to score some points if you like the look. So I definitely see what you're saying there. Um, newcomers, um, there's been plenty of them. Um, offense and defense. Uh, um, on the offensive side, you got a couple of speedsters and um, Jerron Woodyard and Shahid Ahmed. Um guys who could take the top off the defense along with uh, veteran Willie Johnson. And, uh, you know, Josh, we'll start off with you. Um, talk about the speed of Woodyard and Ahmed and just, you know, the fact that they've been able to get behind the DBs pretty quickly in um, practice so far. Um, as far as speed goes, watching Jerron run is – that's pretty evident. I mean, that guy can fly. Um, Shadid is a little bit different. Um, I, I wouldn't say that he's a burner. Um, he just kind of finds a way to get open sometimes. I mean, I, I mean, it's, I, I obviously say this very, very loosely. It's almost like, you know, Tommy Schuler, you know, years ago. I mean, like, it just seemed like that guy was always open. And I mean, like, mm -hmm. the meds kind of like that in a way. Um, yeah, he just like I said, he, he he's not a burner. He's not somebody that's gonna you know run a four three forty. 
Um, you know, but he just slithery almost just maybe the way to say it. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of odd, but it just seems like every time you look up, like, you know, every couple plays, it's like, there goes that guy again. And, uh, but the, you know, those two have obviously added a lot. Um, I think we'll add a lot, um, you know, opening up, you know, the downfield game, you know, obviously it'll, it'll affect, you know, the run game as well, because, you know, the more that we can get over top, um, you know, the more teams have to be conscious of that and, you know, take some heat off of, you know, Brendan Knox and, and the run game. But, uh, and, you know, on the flip side of that, you know, Brendan's going to take some of the heat off the pass game too, just because, I mean, that kid's an animal. I mean, not to get off topic, but that that guy's in as good a shape as he's been in since he's been at Marshall University. And yeah. I, I can't imagine him not having another season like he had last year, if not something better, to be honest. Um, but you know, back to the receivers, you know, you've got those two guys. Um, there are other guys too. Um, you know, Corey Gamage has made some plays downfield a little bit. Um, I think he still has got, he's got a little bit of growth still there to do. Um, uh, you know, like you said, you got Willie Johnson, you've got Brock Thompson, um, you know, Tully Keaton. Um, it, there's just more depth there this year, uh, more quality depth, I think. And I think that that'll be one thing. You know, big for us, um, and and those guys are pretty flexible in what they can do. Um, you know, I think Shadid and and Jerron and I know Willie um, have all three kind of played on the inside and outside both. Um, so that's something that's that's been big. You know, Coach Baker doesn't necessarily have to you know flip guys in and out. Um, you know, depending on the formation. You know, I mean, he can just say, you know, all right, Willie, you're on the inside this play, and then on the next play you know, moving right back to the outside. So it gives, you know, Coach Gramsci and Coach Baker a lot more flexibility when those guys can rotate in and play all three positions possibly versus, you know, having to rotate guys out. Um, sure, definitely. And uh, when you talk about some of the uh, guys, Sean, um, who um, were some pass catchers last year, I mean, obviously a lot of tight ends were used. Uh, when you talk about guys like Xavier Gaines and uh, Devin Miller, but, there's been a couple of uh, uh, guys in that tight end group that have been, uh, you know, making some plays in camp. Uh, guys like Hayden Hagler and uh, Amir Richardson, who had switched over from uh, wide receiver to tight end. What have your been impressions of those guys so far? Yeah, the practice that I went to, uh, they were they were giving a lot of young guys uh, some some different looks out there, and uh, Amir Richardson really stood out to me. Um, he, he really reminded me kind of in that uh, Gator Hoskins mold. Uh, he's still really raw, needs to ref, uh, find his you know route running a little bit. But as far as uh, just how he's put together, and you, know, you can tell that he's put on some weight, some good weight uh, this offseason. Uh, and he's uh, he was recruited, you know, as, as an athlete, wide receiver. He's kind of been moved around a little bit. So to put him at tight end, you know, similar to what we did with Gaines. Uh, he's he's definitely got the speed there at tight end to, you know, be be a difference maker there. Yeah, and uh, I remember I was listening back to the Signing Day podcast of 2019 that featured the uh, West Virginia natives, uh, Grant Wells, Amir Richardson, and uh, offensive lineman Tristan Bittner. And one of the first things Josh said about Amir was uh, – when uh, the guys get off the bus, he's one of the first people that you want getting off the bus first because he just looks like a football player. Yeah, 100%. absolutely. 
Yeah. And uh, switching over to the defensive side of the ball, um, Josh, you had uh, said that linebacker was um, a position that you were very concerned about last year. And uh, obviously so. I mean, you know, when you lose one of your starters eight minutes into the season and then you're basically out there with a walk-on, a transfer, and another unproven guy, and they didn't really get a break last year. I mean, very rarely did you got did those guys sub out, but a couple of uh, the linebackers from last year have graduated, Tyler Brown being one of them, and uh, Omari Cobb, who's currently in camp with the Kansas City Chiefs. But it seems like that position has picked up a little bit, you know, with a couple of uh, transfers as well as uh, Devontae Beckett, who was there last year and made um, over 100 tackles. Um, just talk about that linebacker group and some of the newcomers that you've seen there and how they've uh, been able to get sideline to sideline. Um, as far as the new guys go, I mean, you know, obviously you got the three transfers, um, Abraham Boplan, you know, Brian Cavacante, and uh, Charlie Gray. Um, those were kind of the three guys that headlined, you know, the newcomers of that unit. I mean, you got some other guys there too. Um, uh, Carry on Martin is a guy that, is uh, he's kind of a hybrid right now. I mean, they're playing him a little bit at safety. They're playing him a little bit at linebacker, kind of like maybe like a DJ Hunter type, you know, okay. mold. Um, but that kid, I mean, I, I saw him in March, February, March, playing basketball. And to see that kid now on the football field, he doesn't even look like the same person. I mean, it's like I was sitting there, we were watching practice on Friday, and you know, somebody looked over and they are like, my God, that kid's huge. And I had to look at the roster. I was like, who is that? And I, and I realized it was him. I, was, I mean, it, that's a completely different topic, but number changes has been a nightmare this fall camp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> guys, <laughs> guys are changing numbers entirely too much. I don't know how, I don't know how the equipment staff does it. But, uh, you know, that that kid has just he's added weight. I mean, he looks good. Um, yeah, so that's another guy. But, uh, you know, back to the, the three you know, elder statesmen, I guess the way you could say it, uh, Charlie Grott. Charlie Gray is the guy that stands out to me. Um, that guy can get it across the field about as good as anybody we've had at the linebacker spot in recent memory. Anyways, I mean, I, I was, I mean, I was trying to think. I mean, I, I dialed it back to like Mario Harvey. I mean, that was somebody that that was that guy was a freak. But uh, I mean, that was always somebody that seemed like from sideline to sideline he was always there. And, and Charlie's kind of the same way. Um, he can just run. I mean, he's probably 210-ish, but, I mean, he can fly. Um, Abraham is kind of a tweener. I mean, he's got good speed, but he's real physical at the at the point of attack. He's a lot like Beckett, I guess you could say in that way. I mean, you know, Tavante is maybe, you know, a little undersized, but, I mean, he's strong at the point of attack, and, and he can run a little bit. Um, Cavacante is a guy that's just experienced. Uh, you know, he's still learning the system a little bit, um, you know, but, uh, you know, he's a guy that I think is probably going to see some snaps at, 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 in the middle of the defense. Um, Eli Neal is a young guy that is probably going to see a lot of snaps in the middle, I think. Um, uh, I think maybe in some cases, you know, he, he may even be your starting middle linebacker. Um, 
it just you know, it depends on how it plays out. Obviously, you got you know still a few weeks before you know game one, but um, still a lot of learning to do there. But uh, they're a little bit more flexible this year. Um, you know, those guys kind of interchange. You know, like I was talking, kind of like I was talking about the wide receivers. Um, those guys are a little bit more flexible in what they can do this year. Um, and you know, like you said, there's depth there this year, which more than anything, you know, last year we just did not have. Um, right. you, know, you know, it just seemed like Amare and Amari, um, Tavante and Tyler Brown were like playing every snap. It seemed like. Yep. Yeah. Um, and but uh, another guy, you know, not to you know, not to mention him, but uh, Dominic Murphy is another guy that you know kind of played. He was a walk-on, played some special teams last year, played a little bit. But I mean, he's another guy I could see some snaps too. I mean, you know, he's uh, uh, he's one of the guys that. You know, you can see Luke Day's influence in. I mean, he's put some good size on, can still run pretty well, and, and he's been in the system probably just as long as anybody in that room. So that uh, that kind of gives him, like, that Tyler Brown edge, I guess is the way to say it. Yeah, and uh, Tyler was a key player uh, last year. I mean, I remember that safety against uh, FAU when uh, he forced Robinson back into the end zone and tripped him up by the feet, and I was like, yep, that's – you know, that was a good play. And I and I do remember Tyler, uh, you know, being that guy that was forced into action due to uh, injuries to some other guys. But I could definitely see Dominic Murphy being um, somebody that you see there. Last one here for you guys, uh, both of you. We'll start we'll start off with you, Sean. Um, as camp goes on, um, what position group are you looking to see? the more the most improvement out of as we wrap up camp uh you mean in in terms of who is maybe lacking right now and needs to step yeah. up mm -hmm. correct um probably i'm gonna say the defensive line uh okay. just just as a whole uh you know that that group coming together um i i just i feel that um our offensive line uh, right right now has you know we we got a lot of experience back there at the offensive line and uh, yeah, they they really took it to the defensive line at the practice that I went to and uh, yeah and they're probably getting uh, the better of the defensive line I'm guessing uh, the majority of the time and uh, I'm just going to say that as as a whole probably the you know the defensive line needs to step up uh, you know Darius Hodge being there on the defensive front. Um, had a, had a great year last year. You know, bringing him back, uh, I, th I think we have a playmaker there on the edge. Uh, but uh, as, you know, outside of him, you don't really have too many guys on that front that that really pop uh, and are you know big time playmakers. And I think just as a whole, you know, that whole group just really needs to step up. All right, Josh, what group do you think um, needs to? Uh kind of step things up as we get closer and closer to that September 5th game? Um, not that they haven't had a good camp because I think they have. Um, I'm going to stay on top of the wide receivers, though. Um, you know, that's a position that we haven't seen great production from in a while. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, I think it's part of the reason that you saw so many tight ends on the field last year. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, they were banged up last year. The wide receivers were banged up last year. 
But uh, in terms of having your best 11 on the field, too, I mean, even at that rate, I think we were probably should have went with what we had. I mean, you know, you had, you know, Gaines and um, Armani Lavas. I mean, both those guys had really good years last year. So, I mean, do I think there was a wide – I mean, even healthy, do I think there was a wide receiver that, that was maybe, you know, better than one of those guys? Probably not. Um, you know, that's, that's one thing I said this year. We have a little bit more depth there. So, even when we have – you know, maybe one or two guys go down. You got a couple other guys that can, you know, kind of fill in and and play those roles. Um, so I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to stay on top of wide receiver position. You know, that's just something that um, you'd really like to see them. You know, be productive in in ways to not only, you know, just simply be productive, but you know, make Grant's life a little bit easier. Um, obviously, you know, guys. Throwing to an open receiver is much easier than trying to throw to a guy that's that's being covered. <laughs> um, but uh, and, and like I said, I mean that's it, the offense as a whole just kind of you know works as a unit. So I mean you know the production they give you know takes heat off Brendan, takes heat off Grant. It's um, uh, just it's just all in unison. But uh, I'm gonna stay on top of receivers. That's my pick. Well, good conversation, guys. I certainly appreciate it. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it. Music credits for the intro go to Jonathan, the producer. Jonathan Walsh wrote it and produced it in conjunction with Savage Multimedia Group. Game audio is credited to Steve Cotton, Marshall University, and Learfield IMG College. Thanks for listening to the Running with the Herd podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at RWithTheHerd and also at Herd Nation. Also like us on Facebook at Running with the Herd and at Marshall Thundering Herd at Herd Nation. Thanks again and go Herd.